You're listening to Yale Radio WYBC. This is Brainerd Carey with the lives of the artists, architects, curators, and more. Today on our show, I'm talking with Stephanie Ellis Schlafer. Stephanie, thanks so much for being with me today. Thank you so much for having me. Stephanie, we're going to hear some of your poetry today that you'll be reading, and you're also um, involved in, of course, you're a visual artist, and you do collaborations. Um, in, in terms of all of that, uh, how was the last year for you? You've been in St. Louis, is that correct? Yes, that's right. Uh, wow, gosh, the last year's been the last year has been very hard. I'll I'll be honest; it was very hard, but um, things seem to be looking up. So. And in terms of your your collaboration um, or your work, to to jump into visual work first. Um, what should we What should we start with? You You've done collaborations. You have your you know your own your own visual art. Um, is there a project that you want to talk about, like the Cabinet of Ordinary Affairs, or something else? Uh, yeah, I'd love to talk about that. That uh, That's a collaborative a collaborative project that I did with Cheryl Wassenaar. Uh, we've been collaborating for about ten years on. Um, site-specific installation work that has been in part prompted by my poems. And so the, the, last, uh, the last installation that we worked on was here in St. Louis uh, called The Cabinet of Ordinary Affairs. And uh, it imagines, uh, much like my book, Well Waiting Room, uh, we, it imagines the sort of explores the bureaucracy of the mind through interior political cabinets. And for the exhibition, we created the office space of three of these cabinet ministers. Uh, There's the cabinet of unconsciousness and the minister of the cabinet of indulgences and the minister of the cabinet of reason. And uh, the show had uh, several other components, but that was sort of the, um, the central organizing principle for the exhibition. And um, it involved sound and uh, altered objects and some fabricated things. So, so yeah, it's an, on, it's an ongoing. That's exciting. So this is this has been going on for yeah a, a decade. This collaboration. Um, you also produce your your own work, uh, but in terms of a collaboration, this is it, it's very successful. Your collaboration. Um, why do you think that that is? I mean, obviously you have a good working relationship, but um, you know, it seems that that this is something that that keeps kind of giving birth to to new and interesting projects. So, just in terms of the the, the nature of the of the collaboration, if if that question is appropriate, why does it why is it so successful? Oh well. Um... I think it's largely so successful, honestly, because of, of Cheryl. Um, I, I, I mean, I've collaborated with several other artists in more um, offhand um, ways. I mean, I've done sort of correspond, like collaborations by correspondence with other visual artists and um, other sort of, I've made this, how about if you respond to it? And those are also really rewarding, but... Uh, when Cheryl approached me um, 10 or 11 years ago and said that she wanted to work with my poems, and uh, to, first we started by, uh, she started by just sort of reinterpreting the poems visually in cut vinyl lettering um, on the walls of this gallery, and I was 
so nervous about it and really couldn't imagine um, giving somebody that much latitude to work with my language. But um, I thought it was um, it was certainly worth a shot, and um, we've really never looked back. I think that um, I trust her implicitly, so that's one um, one really essential component of any of any good collaboration or or friendship for that matter. Um, she has such a keen eye, and she's also um, I think she also trusts me, so I think we're able to read each other really well when it comes to making um, important decisions and um, sorry uh, it's okay yeah. losing it's power on my like computer that's <laughs> um, okay um, yeah so that, so you work off each other so well and um, and so how does how does an exhibition come together she's using your words but you're also like curating and shaping what's happening visually is that correct yeah, yeah. For this last one, it was uh, we were both uh, completely involved in in both aspects of the of the visual components. So it took us many um, many months to plan the um, to plan the exhibition, and even just to figure out just to distill from the text what we wanted to work with and how we wanted to organize the show. Um, Cheryl was also an excellent project manager, so there were um, Google Docs involved and. Um, we did a lot of sketching, um, their video components, so we sort of, um, you know, we would meet and mine the poems that we were interested in working with for language that we wanted to sort of cannibalize and, and use to as speech. And um, so it's really the, the conceptualization of the exhibition, you know, is visual, but it's also auditory and, and, um, and spatial. Um, yeah, that's just so, so it, interesting it's because, because poems are auditory, right? Like, you know, today we're yeah. going to talk more about the poems and, and you'll, you'll read a few, but that's, you know, um, an audio experience and, and that's also what's happening in these installations. There's, you're talking about a kind of the sound, but it's, but it's also auditory in, in, in other ways. Is that correct? Yeah, the, the sound, I think, is probably... Um, if you wanted the real origin story of the work, I think uh, Cheryl had heard me read um, a long time ago at a bar. And so the sound of the language was the, um, really the inception of it. And so even as she's, uh, I think, thinking of them visually and, um, you know, when it comes to, she does a lot of things in cut final lettering on the wall. And we've, we've, used, we've used literal text other, you know, in certain aspects of these installations, um, in other places, you'll hear it. In other places, we've simply created um, uh, created a visual based on it. But there's not text in there. So, um, but the the sound and the sort of uh, I think she's been mostly uh, more drawn to um, some of the more incantatory poems that I've written, and um, those have proved really helpful to us in. In figuring out how to, um, I think, create a tone for for the installations and to really um, to really connect with people on an emotional level through that through that voice, and um, so we certainly we certainly leaned heavily into the voice in this last 
um, installation because essentially all of these poems that we're working with um, are persona poems. And so when I wrote them, I had to try and inhabit the voices of these uh, specific individuals that govern our minds, um, in particular my mind. Um, but I hope they, I certainly hope they resonate with, with people um, and, and they recognize them as, um, as, me as members of their own internal cabinet. I like that. Uh, so let's um, talk about your poem. You, you, a book just came out, well, Writing Room. I know you're going to, to read today. Um, what's, the, what's the first poem you're going to read? Uh, the first poem I'm going to read is actually the first poem in the book. It is called The Ambassador of the Interior Has a Talking To with the Minister of the Cabinet of Vengeance. So sometimes the, this internal ministry, um, members of this internal ministry do not, dis <laughs> do not always agree, and sometimes they have to have conversations. So this is one of those poems. Shall I read it? Yes, please. Great. The ambassador of the interior has a talking to with the minister of the cabinet of vengeance. God started small. At the first showdown between good and evil, God didn't come at anyone like a cowboy. God didn't open with solar flares or asteroids or mass extinction, or planetary heat death. God didn't outgun anyone. God outmanned them. God made man in the face of the beast. And in the face of the beast, God made. From inside the great and gaping maw, while languishing in the hot damp, in the face of that great terror, God summoned the smallest. Adrenaline, serotonin, hemoglobin, oxytocin, motes of possibility. God started by making light into land masses, sand into vessels, preservation as civilization. And sometimes God won. Thank you. Um, so, so that's so interesting that you read that, and 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 how does that relate to the installations we were just talking about? Because it seems like it does somehow, or 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 no. Uh, I think it. I think it does. We certainly didn't address each one head on, but um, in the installation, there's um, there's a one of the cabinets is is the Minister of the Cabinet of Reason. And we picked one line from that poem, uh, which was, God, God asks so many questions. And we, we took that line, uh, we set up the whole, it was a cubicle. We had uh, an artist friend of ours, Bryce Robinson, fabricate three sort of um, gray matter color, <laughs> gray um, cubicles out of wood. And then we made like vignettes out of them. And this one, this one was all about paper, the accumulation of paper. I am um, kind of obsessed with the idea of accumulation and in, in a variety of uh, materials. But this one, we, 
we used paper. And so there was a, a typewriter um, with something written on it, but tacked on the walls, written on tiny scraps of paper that Cheryl had written. Over, I mean, probably 500 of them just said that over and over again. God asks so many questions. And so the book really, one of the things that the internal ministry wrestles with is this idea of God and um, I, I wouldn't say that the book is religious at all, um, but it certainly it certainly questions. Um, it has a lot of ontological questions, so God certainly appears in there a lot. Um, <laughs> oftentimes, not in a altogether becoming fashion. Um, so I think this. I, I chose to start the collection with with this poem because it seemed to be one of those essential wrestling points with with the universe where uh, the minister of the cabinet of vengeance um, has one idea about how to address the situation, which is guns ablazing. And um, the ambassador, of course, being a master of diplomacy, uh, has to talk this other cabinet minister down from the ledge. Thank you, and uh, for that, and what are you going to read next? I'd love to hear another one. Um, the next one I think I'll read is um, one of the other things the book takes on um, is really the, the news of the day. So, um, you know, global issues like climate change and um, issues of human rights or just general fairness. Uh, a lot of the poems I write or I work on sort of while watching the news hour, the PBS news hour. And so a lot of them I think of as ekphrastics. Um, I'm doing that a lot more now in my current work. And so this is one of those poems that was um, written about a news hour broadcast about uh, a huge part of the Antarctic shelf breaking off. And it's called Open Letter to the Minister of the Cabinet of Denial, <clears throat> The Quick. Antarctica is calving, and we are broken below the whites. There's no umbilicus that tethers us to a less sordid past. The sun will always take the mother with the young. Try and separate your yoke from the threshold of humanity. See what fissures. You too could heave a dead but breathing thing a monster of man and woman born, of brine and oxygen, a salty molecule cleaved quick and dangerous. Don't say you never saw it coming. Don't say you have a hold on what breaks free from you. Thank you. Thank you. It's so nice to hear this this read. You know, when you were saying earlier that some of the uh, the work that that gets into the collaborations is, um, did you say it's like an incantation? Or mm-hmm. like um, both poems you read were were quite incantations, were they, or like that, or was the first one? Um, would you consider? Um, that? I have. I guess I have some other ones that. Um, uh, there's one I wrote about my uh, my best friend Natalie that 
is um, a lot of that has a dreamlike quality, and you'll hear um, it's really sort of loaded with um, repetition. So uh, these I these I don't think of exactly as the incantatory ones, but uh, Cheryl and I made a um, a video of a multi well. It was supposed to be like in surround sound. Um, so we made a video with um, this immersive sound component where she read it, and she read it in, um, or she read portions of it, um, and she sort of uh, separated it into, I forget how many, I think three, three or five different voices. So it's sort of read in the round, and then um, ideally we play it on surround sound speakers so that you actually hear it in the round and in in like a dark black box room it they're all set at different volumes so you feel almost like you're in a space where there's a, a choir of of the same person uh, re speaking to you from different distances so you you kind of forget how small the room that you're in is and imagine a vaster space that might continue on indefinitely. I love that. And um, yeah, that, that does seem to fit so well with your work. And of course, this, this collection of poems that just came out, the well waiting room, um, because it seems like the installation, the, the book is also asking question after question. Is that correct? Mm -hmm. Yes, absolutely, absolutely. So let's hear one more. I'd love to hear another another poem. Sure, um, I'll read the one of the last poems in the book. Uh, this too was was inspired by a news broadcast about the discovery or the proof of the existence of gravitational waves. Um, it's one of several poems in the book from the press secretary of the, the interior. Um, so this is one where the, the minister is speaking, so it's not so much a, um, so it's more of a, a dramatic monologue instead of a portrait. So this is from the press secretary of the interior, Gravitational Waves. They proved this week we're all in this together. Every time we move, we disrupt something intimately. Time is flexible and your life is woozy gelatin. Draw a blade across, and you might grow to believe you are self-healing. But you cried out, and someone else absorbed the waves of pain you sent cascading outward. Someone so remotely distant from you saw the big one coming and let it overcome her. Someone nearer clung to filmy buoys and knew your sorrow deeply. But the nearest one, the very nearest to you, took it in the gut, and you trembled at how she stomached it and survived. You understood the reach of love. You walked away with proof that starry nets will bear your every grief. Thank you so much. That's such a powerful poem. Very intense way to end this this um, this talk. Um, 
Thank you for that. That's a very beautiful poem. And to, to talk about this book, so the book just came out, right? Uh, October 7th, yeah. I think, was the release date. So that's right. congratulations on on that. That's that's great. Um, and it's, again, the Well Rating Room um, just published. And so what's happening now? Are you giving uh, talks? Typically, you'd be right giving readings maybe. What happens in this pandemic, post-pandemic moment? <laughs> Uh, yeah, some readings have a lot of things happening on Zoom. Um, I'm working on my next collection. Um, I had one reading that was scheduled that um, well, it was the class visit actually that I was really looking forward to it um, at Fordham University. Fordham University Press put out the book, and so um, I was supposed to give a, a reading and um, a little assignment for one of the poetry classes and. I had to cancel at the last minute because uh, one of you asked me at the beginning how was the year, and I had um, I had to have my appendix out, which I think is oh you know <laughs> insane. So, um, but yeah, a lot of things happening on Zoom, and um, uh, a lot of the poems that I'm working on now are also ecstatic. And so I've been going to uh, the museum here, the St. Louis Art Museum, and doing a lot of ecstatic poems and sketching there. So uh, trying to trying to figure out how to how to operate uh, while things are still coming back to life. Right, right, and um, well, good luck with that in your book and the in the in the, the Zoom tour or, or hybrid tour. I want to ask you one more question, which is, what are you reading at the moment? Oh wow. Um, well, I, I'm honestly I am struggling uh, to read. I have been struggling to read anything um, during during the pandemic. So the thing that I have been the book that I have been leaning most on is um, is one that I'm working from for these next this next collection of ekphrastic poems. It's um, I'm not going to say it in French <laughs> because my accent is terrible. But descri- descriptions of Egypt. It is the um, it's a collection of all of the drawings and records that Napoleon's civilian army brought back from his failed military escapades in Egypt, and um, so the whole thing is in French, but it's essentially like a um, a very dense encyclopedic record of everything they saw while they were there from architecture to um, animal specimens to um, rocks. So it's, um, that's the book that I'm spending my time with right now. Mm, That sounds fascinating. Uh, Stephanie, I just want to thank you so much for talking to me today, taking this time and I wish you well with, um, with the launch uh, of your book over the next year. Thank you. Thank you so much. You're listening to Yale Radio WYBC. This is Brainerd Carey with the lives of the artists, architects, curators, and more.